0: Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I also write about developing a relationship with God at ryanhugley.com.
1: My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the XP at Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches Come around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. You got and there. That, the wheels almost came off of that. The why, did you, why
0: did you change to XP? That's where you got hung
1: up. I, well... <laughs> It's such a mouthful. Uh-huh. I was trying to like And that was your solution. <laughs> XP eg, executive pastor. Like that's well, maybe two or 7. Maybe don't say it with
0: quite so many syllables being emphasized. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hot mess. Oh, what are well. you going to do?
0: You know what? The, the good news off. is I don't know what to tell you. The good news is the title of this uh, series we're in is called From the Ashes, yep, which seems just like my intro. Today. That's cool. Right. So we are in a series called From the Ashes, and uh, this is really rooted in uh, the first national post-pandemic study of American worldview released a few weeks ago, and it confirmed what so many of us have experienced that the pandemic has really shaken the foundation of faith in the U.S. And so we're not going to rehash all the numbers, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode 111 if you missed it, because we do really lay the groundwork for where we're headed in the weeks to come. And so on that note, here's where we want to go next. One of the main questions that I'm trying to learn to keep front of mind for myself personally, and also the question that I want to train our church to keep front of mind is, is this, to what is God inviting me in this? This can be whatever it is. You experience any circumstance in your life, any situation. I think such a healthy question is always, what is God inviting me to in this? How is he inviting me to be like Jesus in the midst of this? Because
1: everything we experience is about that.
0: Totally. 100%. And so as we take a sobering look at the state of the church in the U.S. and find that it's in pretty bad shape, the question is, what is Jesus inviting us to mm-hmm. in this? And so where we want to go next is like, we we really have, as, <clears throat> as we have sat with that question, we've kind of have a threefold response that we feel God inviting us to. Mm-hmm. And the first of which is what we want to talk about today, which is we really feel like one thing that Jesus is inviting us to in this season is to focus on a biblical foundation. Yep. So... I think just for some context around that, um, I I don't think this will come as a surprise to any ministry leader that he's even sort of keyed in to the people that they're, either to their own experience or to the people that they're pastoring. Mm -hmm. Um, An overwhelming number of people have experienced some expression of what is just broadly labeled as deconstruction. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a pretty polarizing term. Yeah, I have found that uh, there is a segment of at least especially Christian Twitter that really (laughs) wants to demonize it. That's an oxymoron, right? Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, That wants to demonize it, meaning like I can't tell you how many tweets from like pastors, for instance, that I've seen that that says something to the effect of like, people are only deconstructing so that they can sleep with whomever they want. Now, Hmm. we've had a number of people in our own community that Mm -hmm. have gone through this or are going through this. I gotta tell you, not a single one has been about that. No, not yeah, one.
1: Not that we're aware of, for sure. Um,
0: and so I just feel like that's such a simplistic. Like maybe that's something unique to your, uh, I don't know what. But very reductionist. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would just <clears throat> say like that's one perspective or bent that people take. They demonize it. I think on the other end, some people are like worshiping it. Like mm-hmm. you're sub-Christian if you're not constantly in a state. Sure. Of de- if you're sure of anything. You know, like, that's bad.
1: (laughs) It's like you went over to someone's house and they pulled out a VHS tape. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you're not deconstructing, it's like, oh, you're still watching those. Yeah, exactly. Like, "Mm." so, yeah, for sure.
0: And so I think the place that I've come to with it is, and and a lot of this has to do with my own experience with it over the last few years. But I would argue that when it's done well, it can be very healthy because – Ultimately, in like the most basic sense, if we try to like really distill it down to what happens in the process of deconstruction, it's really just about taking a fresh look at beliefs that to that point you have probably held blindly right? So especially for people like you and I that grew up in the church. Like you and I grew up in the church, we went to Christian private school the vast majority of our lives. And so there's been a bunch of of just like biblical faith stuff that's just been mm-hmm. downloaded since the day we were born. Sure. And when there's many things about that that are a tremendous gift and a privilege. Yeah. I would say a liability in it is that w- you don't, you, you, you kind of don't ever have the, not ever, but it's not naturally baked in that you have to develop beliefs on your own because they're handed to you. It's not like you come to faith in, like my wife came to faith at the end of high school. Mm -hmm. So she had to like work all that stuff out on her own, essentially like think critically about all of that. Whereas I was five or six, I wasn't thinking critically about much. Yeah. And so, um, in its, in its, like when it's done in a healthy way, I would argue it can really deepen one's faith. It certainly has for me. And unfortunately, it can be done in a way that can be very destructive.
1: Sure. I mean, recently, um, I saw a pastor post on Facebook something about deconstruction, and Uh and his uh, advice was similar that it's, uh, you know, it can be very good, but the big thing it needs is a guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just uh, last week, you and I were talking about like the risk you run when there's no guide. Uh, usually, you're the one who inserts the nerdy like Star Wars or Marvel things, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna give it a go today. All right, let's see how this it, goes. it just sort of feels like. Uh, like an ant man when he got lost in the quantum realm mm-hmm. i just feel like if you really like dive into deconstruction mm-hmm. and there is no guy there's no someone that you trust that has like gone through it and still loves jesus on the other side you I, i'm not saying it's guaranteed and mm-hmm. just like it wasn't in the movie mm-hmm. but you really run the risk of walking around in this like bizarro world for the rest of time feeling like no one understands no one mm-hmm. gets it like it just feels bizarre to you mm-hmm. and it's so important that you have something tethering you back right. to like uh, so it's not all hogwash
0: right yeah so it's like luke trying to become a jedi without yoda oh, here we you go. need to go to dagobah that's all I'm saying. That was that was, was that was better. Was
1: mine not good? No,
0: it was good. I just, <laughs> just if you're going to mention Star Wars, I'm at least going to put one <laughs> in there. Especially
1: the week of That's Star right, Wars, Star Day. Wars yeah. Day.
0: So I'm, I am like, obviously, I have um, from I don't, I don't really like have deep concerns about like the the like cultural issue of deconstruction. I have very pastoral concerns as, as I pastor a group of people that are experiencing some version of this. So yeah. I have concerns about it for sure. But I'm curious, like as you think about you know, being a pastor in our church as you think about, you know, the weight of walking with other lead pastors in particular at other churches through mm-hmm. my XP where this is taking place. What what are just some of the concerns that you carry, either about the experience that some are having with it or maybe the means that they're like so one one concern you would have is people going through it without a guide yep, for sure. Absolutely. But in addition to that, what else comes up for you as you think about concerns surrounding this what feels like a pretty large ex- experience of deconstruction for people?
1: Well, yeah, I think the big thing uh, that comes to mind is that it feels as though, um, with some, mm-hmm. everything is on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, in the conversations I've had, I, I have known a few people who have deconstructed all the way out of being a Christian. And mm-hmm. so at some point they doubt the gospel, what mm-hmm. Jesus did for us on the mm-hmm. cross and all of that. I don't, I don't see that coming up a ton, mm-hmm. but it seems like outside of that, that box, everything else is like, take it or leave it. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a you're
0: suggestion at, at best. Yeah.
1: You're sort of like at, like, uh, I remember the first time I went to a Vegas buffet mm-hmm. and it's a big dude. I was just blown away Mm because there's everything on Mm -hmm. the Vegas buffet at breakfast. You can have prime ribbon pizza if you want to. right? And so you just like walk along the line and you're like, I'll take a little of that. I'll take a little of that. And I think when it comes to some of the, especially important biblical truths outside of the gospel, Mm -hmm. people come and sit down and their plate might have hardly anything on it Mm -hmm. because they've just opted out of most things. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, even in some pastoral counseling meetings, like trying to like, bring someone back to the idea of like, like, and, and the reason that that behavior is something that we need to work on is Mm -hmm. because the Bible tells us to, Mm -hmm. Um, it's not uncommon to see someone kind of roll their eyes a little bit Mm -hmm. um, to, to sort of have this like kind of vibe of like, like you're old fashioned Mm -hmm. or you're, you know, it just sort of, it's sort of like you, you showed up to church and asked for the cassette tape of the pastor's sermons. And everyone's like, Where would you even stick Mm -hmm. that? Um, And I think that that is probably my biggest concern Mm -hmm. as it just seems like as long as I believe kind of the basic tenets, Mm -hmm. then nothing else matters or has implications for me today Mm -hmm. or was written so long ago, it's not relevant anymore. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's sort of like, everything is getting bundled up with the, uh, women should not braid their hair Mm -hmm. verse. And it's just like, we'll see that one. So Mm -hmm. then therefore, you know, one's about how we interact with each other, how we handle conflict, the way that we, um, you know, speak to one another Mm -hmm. and honor all of that stuff is out and we should really source the corporate world. We Mm -hmm. should source, uh, uh, Brene Brown, we mm-hmm. should, who I love by the way, but yep. still not, not like some of her truths are Bible adjacent. So I appreciate that, but not, <laughs> <Bible adjacent. laughs> they, well, they just like, you know, yeah, a lot she's of those not, things she's not
0: inspired by God in the way that scripture is. No, for yeah. sure. And
1: she doesn't claim to be. No. Um, but, but sometimes she says some things that I'm like, that, that does not conflict with what the Bible tells me to do either. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that fresh way at presenting something I've thought about for a while. Yeah. Um, And those are not like God's word Mm -hmm. and those things are not what should uh, design how we live our lives and what we do. And I just, I'm just starting to see that, um, really, really impact people, impact how they behave, impact Mm -hmm. how they respond. And I don't love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking, um, the day that the COVID shutdown happened, Here in Salt Lake City, we also had a pretty sizable earthquake, Mm -hmm. which was my first earthquake, your first earthquake. I remember standing Mm -hmm. in the kitchen with my boys. We were getting ready for school, or that was the first day everything was going to online because of COVID. So we were getting breakfast ready, and I mean, our kitchen started to shake. And I still don't even know exactly how to describe the sensation. People have been in one, but Mm -hmm. it it felt like a wave, like move like I remember like if you've ever laid in the ocean on a boogie board or an inner sure. tube, and you feel the wave come up underneath you standing in my kitchen that's the closest thing I can think to describe of what it felt like the floor was doing beneath me it was just such a weird disorient and then disorienting experience. And then we kept having aftershocks, you know, mm-hmm. like throughout the day for days, weeks, if weeks mm-hmm. to come. And it would just be like, wait a minute. Is that, and then I think I was having like phantom ones as well. Oh, for
1: <laughs> sure. I was as <laughs> every
0: well. time my phone buzzed in my pocket, I was like, Phew, aftershock.
1: Well, and our ministry center is very near the train tracks Yeah, and it does shake it the, building the building a little bit, Yeah, particularly so, the second floor. Yeah. And so I felt like we were just having them still. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And so I think that the concern that I have is just, and, and really where this conversation is rooted in. I think that that's how a lot of people feel right now mm-hmm. where it's just like the very foundation underneath their feet. And because people oftentimes don't have good gui- guides mm-hmm. because people are not taking into consideration the emotional health components sure, um, or unhealth components that they are reacting out of. People yep. are not thinking about, people don't have in general, uh, oftentimes, especially, you know, U S American Christian, like oftentimes have not been taught how to study the Bible, how to interpret scripture. They don't Mm -hmm. understand why when the Bible, you know, makes a reference to the way that a person dressed in the first century may not have the same, you know, hold on us today, but that when Jesus tells us that we're to love one another, it absolutely does. So we're just kind of this place where like, we can't know anything you know, I think people are just really uncertain about a lot of that. So sure. as a result of that, I think one of the invitations in this season is to really focus on building a biblical foundation sure. for people. And so we're going to hit on just a couple of ways that uh, we think will be important to be able to do that. And I'll just kick us off. I would say the first thing, and this is primarily to preaching, teaching pastors, but definitely, like, don't stop teaching the Bible. hmm <laughs> As one thing, like now's not a good time to just teach psychology on the weekend or to just teach philosophy or like, because book
1: of Chinese proverbs and just, give yeah, it the world. and just yeah. like
0: go off. Like, I think we need to continue to draw people to the scriptures. I think one of the unique opportunities that we have as Preachers to model for people, even though you know the Sunday morning service is not really a seminar where you're necessarily going to give people all of the hermeneutical tools necessary for interpretation. But you can model for them, teaching the Bible in its historical context, Sure. so that people can start to understand, like, like what was hap- like, what did this mean for the original audience that it was intended for sure. so that we understand that like, Hey, what comes before and after a passage really matters because it provides content. Like all of that contextual work, really modeling that for people, I think can help people begin to parse out some of these things about like how, you know, dress first century dress code might differ in our sure. application than these kind of overarching timeless principles yeah. of loving one another, of not gossiping, of seeking to edify one, like these, these Christian character, Christian virtue, fruit of the Spirit, that is timeless, mm-hmm. not not just this like rooted in this one time and place. But some things in the Bible were. And I think if pastors don't help people parse that out, sure, it's so confusing to people that like benefit of the doubt says, I understand why people are like, like throwing out the baby with the bathwater, sure, because it yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, so help it make
1: sense. There's like chunks chunks of scripture that warn against uh, or discuss the idea of eating meat sacrificed to idols. Yeah. I have never in my whole lifetime been presented with that opportunity. Yeah. So, uh, but there's still great principles in that that can be applied today. Um, and should I ever come across sacrifice meat? I've got some thoughts about it, but, (laughs) but outside of that, like, but that doesn't mean that it's like, well, that's, that doesn't apply. So let's like X that out or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I totally agree having that foundation, but then also providing people uh, a safe space within your community to wrestle with some of these things. And I think really, really being, uh, like welcoming the questions and, but also like as someone's guide, help, helping them understand that like the posture is seek to understand Mm -hmm. versus like just anger. Mm -hmm. I, I think even, even for me, I grew up in a small town in South Dakota and Uh, at a very conservative church. And so, you know, over the years, I've had to sort through some of those, like thou shalts and thou shalt nots Mm -hmm. were informed by like the church lady that decided to say them to me. Mm -hmm. And so you walk around your life behaving as though this is like the most important thing about you. And then you come to find out I'm not sure God cares about that at all. Mm -hmm. But that's, again, uh, measured against like counsel, conversations, and what God's word has to say versus Mm -hmm. just like, well, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. So that one's dead to me. Next. Um, but, but giving people that that place to ask the questions and maybe having a seminar, maybe encouraging books, things like that where you can, because if we're going to talk about the need to have a guide, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to be someone's guide Mm -hmm. and it's messy and it's not pretty and some things are challenging about it. And so you have to be willing to like hang in there with people who are genuinely trying to understand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I would say one thing I don't hear enough being talked about, I don't think, at least in what I've seen in this issue, is the amount of wrestling that is not, that gets framed as sort of a rational cognitive exercise. Like I'm trying to really like understand this doctrinally. When Mm -hmm. the truth is what's really beneath it is an immense amount of like, emotional experience that it, that oftentimes the person wrestling is completely unaware of. Yeah. So these things got pushed on me by parents who did like, cause this has been something I have seen personally twice is this stuff got pushed on me by parents that didn't actually live it out. Mm. And so I'm going to deconstruct my faith. Well, that's, that's, you're reacting to a trauma that you experienced. Sure. And, and I'm not saying that that means that you shouldn't go through the work of deconstruction but you need sure. to freaking know that. Right. And and I think now as pastors and guides it's important for us to understand why are we having the emotional reaction to deconstruction that we are? Sure. I think we're afraid that people are going to lose their faith. I sure. think that we're frustrated by the fact that people just seem to do whatever the heck they want because there is no anchor anymore. And, and I think all of that is going to inform how we respond, how we guide, how we sit with people, how we create space for people to be able to wrestle. And so I just think really paying attention to that is super, super important. Um, So make space for people to wrestle in community. Um, I would say thirdly, Really do your best to make scripture the lens through which people understand God's character and nature. Mm. Um, and I, I know that this kind of ties into that first point, but I think this is a really good time to like I had I had somebody recently that was reading some book. Um, I think the book was on hell. Mm. And and they were like, Have you read this book? Like, do you want to time on this? And 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 what I know is that this person is like was super hung up on this sort of like in their mind what was really just like a philosophical idea mm. and and not really paying very close attention to their actual relationship with God. Mm. And so I was honest about the fact like I you know what? It's it's not that I'm uninterested in the book but i'm like really focused on i'm going to put my time and attention into what really fosters and cultivates relationship with god for mm-hmm. me and and trying to encourage people to that and i think one of the ways we can do that is by really reminding people biblically about who god is mm-hmm. and and what he's like that is a that is such an this is in such uncertain times where so much of the foundation feels like it's moving beneath us. Mm -hmm. We really need to not just beat people over the head with, here's how you should behave, but this is who our God is and this is what he's like.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's very, very important.
1: Absolutely. And then I think lastly, uh, that we're very clear about the difference between open and closed handed issues. And I think especially for some churches, That's really, really challenging to do because it just because everything's closed or everything's open. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like this, like, well, but this all matters the same. Yeah. And it doesn't. I mean, the fact that going back to like, and at its core, like understanding the gospel and what Jesus did for you, that's like the like, thing yeah. that you got to know. Yep. Um, and there are other things that like, you know, you know, you think about thief on the cross, that's all he was able to like understand about Jesus and that worked. And he was seconds away from dying. So mm-hmm. the idea of formation or growth or sanctification wasn't really relevant for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you like pursue Jesus and follow him, Uh, there are going to be other things that you grow to understand other, other ways to honor Jesus and to like be good men and women of God and all of those types of things. And it's really important that you're just honest with people to say, listen, like I've done a lot of study. Mm -hmm. I really believe that this is like the most faithful way to understand this. And like, like just being honest enough as a pastor, as someone in ministry to look at your people and say, and when I get to heaven, I might learn that I was wrong Mm -hmm. or a uh, few years down the road, God mm-hmm. might like change my heart on mm-hmm. this topic, not to like throw it out, but mm-hmm. that there are multi. you know, it's there are very few things that it's either like it either is or is not, mm-hmm. but it's like, here are five different things that mm-hmm. people who are really respected and who mm-hmm. have done a lot of study, and, like have presented and they haven't been refuted. And, and so it's possible they can all live in harmony together mm-hmm. and, Also, like, I get that we're all a little bit different, but then also stressing on especially some of those like open handed things Mm -hmm. like, does the difference have a huge impact on what I am doing in my daily life? Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we get hung up on those like mental roadblocks just to just to feel like, well, I can't go beyond this because this is an issue. Mm -hmm. And I think even if God were to come down and like whisper the answer in your ear, what Difference would that make to your life? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think and if the language of open handed, closed handed doesn't resonate, like I think just really like what's clear. Mm-hmm. and And where are there issues that are gray sure <laughs> and and I would say like it's the the Bible seems pretty like I do have an aversion. I've tried to really remove this from my language as a teacher like anytime someone says, you know, the Bible is so clear on and then they fill in the blank mm. oftentimes they they do that to emphasize something that isn't necessarily super clear yeah or that there's like differing interpretations sure. it's like this sort of like you know manipulative way to yeah, like a
1: little passive aggressive yeah, yeah
0: fit people into what you believe and so i be, be but there are certain things like the bible's clear about like jesus was super clear that we are to the most important commandment is that we would love god and that we would love people mm-hmm. that's in my mind that's closed handed like yeah to, to interact with people in an unloving manner, like that's not open for negotiation. That's sure. not contextual, like like rooted in some other point in history. Like that is just a binding uh, call of God on the life of every follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus is God. In, in our minds as biblical Christians, those things need to be clear and yeah. in the closed hand, meaning like, yeah, this is this is what it Christians must believe
1: yeah. to, <laughs> to be Christian. To call yourself a Christian. Yeah. That's what you need to yeah. yeah,
0: And so I like practically one thing that I'm going to do to help with this is I've got a series coming up in the fall where I'm going to go through the apostles creed, mm-hmm. which again is not scripture, but it's scripture. Like, from scripture and Mm -hmm. it's the oldest creed we have defining the boundaries, if you will, of like Orthodox Christianity. Mm. And it makes, it's broad enough that it makes space for all three major streams, Protestant, Catholic, and uh, Orthodox. Okay. But it um, also doesn't hit on like all of the other things that are more open handed issues where there isn't, there's an immense amount of disagreement on. Sure. But I think really helping people Build a framework over time for what is clear, what is not, what do we need to protect and keep in the closed hand and say, listen, I'm not, I can't release this or I cease to be Christian. Sure. And what's in the open hand where it's like, hey, we don't have to be on the same page about every single thing that we believe.
1: Yeah. And I think there's probably even like space to make sure that people understand a third category of preference. You sure. Know? So we've yeah. got open-handed issues, we've got closed handed issues, and then we've got things that are like, well, this is just the way we do it here mm-hmm. right now, uh, because we have a fellowship time ahead of time, we have coffee and donuts. Mm-hmm. At some point we could take away the coffee and uh, donuts and we'd still be a church. Right. And I think that, but people aren't, and I obviously I use that as a very like light, silly example, yeah. but there are a lot of those things within the church that people get really deep into. Like I remember um, early on uh, when we were Ridgeline, Mm -hmm. there was a a couple who came and they had come from another church in another state Mm -hmm. and they were really sideways because their pastor for years and years and years had always ended the service with the same phrase. Mm -hmm. And they really felt like in order to feel like church is done, you needed to do that as well. And you were like, well, I mean, that's, one guy's kind of catchphrase, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. And that was not something they loved. And that right. was hard for them because in their minds, I mean, it almost seemed like it flirted with being closed-handed a little bit. Yeah, so, so you, And that was preference.
0: Right. You conflate preference with, like, a biblically clear closed-handed issue. Right. Which, to your point, like, I mean, we see that all the time. Sure. That's, I think that seems to be the natural bent of the human heart. Sure. At least totally. the Christian one. But yep, yeah, I think that's absolutely. really good. So that, that's just a few specific ways that we're working to really focus on building a biblical foundation. So hopefully something in that is helpful for you. I, my guess would be that there's all kinds of unique ways in which God would invite you to do that. But next week, we're going to talk about uh, the second uh, installment of this, which is to focus on spiritual formation. Uh, but as always, we want to thank you for listening to From the Field. If anybody comes to mind that you think might benefit from this conversation, we'd be honored if you shared it with a friend. And as a reminder, From the Field is only one branch of our ministry, so you can learn more about Formation at FormationSLC.com. You can subscribe to my newsletter at RyanHugley.com, as well as find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at RyanHugley, that's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y.
1: And you can find me on the same platforms at at TylerDravitz, that's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. And you can learn more about my XP at MyXP church. you nailed that one it's well, a nice short you sentence. called it out so yeah. now it's lame but i was feeling pretty good about it until you said something <laughs> well,
0: thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time